Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go. It is Wednesday, October the 2nd, 2019. We are off and running, and what an absolute epic way to kick off October postseason baseball last night. To center field. Robles back. Ball game. And the Washington Nationals are L.A. bound. Yes, they are as a unbelievable win by the Washington Nationals at home. That is how the playoffs and that is how the wild card game started. Uh, and I can't wait for it tonight as the A's and the Tampa Bay Rays are getting ready to do battle. Uh, we are talking about the baseball gods in full effect here, uh, waiting just to entertain all of us. And it's been eight years now since Major League Baseball incorporated that wild card situation. And, uh, yeah, guys, it has been oh, yeah. just unbelievable. And there is something really unique and special about the fact of having a sport that has so much variance, putting it all on the line for one game where everything goes, including starting pitcher after starting pitcher after starting pitcher, uh, it, giving you an opportunity to be able to advance is there's something special about it, especially when you have two teams that are evenly matched. And yesterday, Wow, last night, a team did everything right through eight innings, everything right, including getting the right guy in at exactly the time they wanted him with the lead. A guy who, by the way, is a top five closer in professional baseball. He's also a top three closer in the National League. Hell, this guy had owned just about everybody this year, and yet he couldn't throw the ball over the plate and ends up giving up not one, not two, but Three, including the go-ahead uh, winning run there in the bottom of the eighth inning to seal the Nationals' come-from-behind win. Happy for the Nationals. Feel bad for, you know, the poor kid that uh, that misplayed a single, Trent Grisham, who's only... Yeah. The only reason he's there is because they lost their MVP there in Christian Yellick. Uh, <laughs> but he's not the reason they lost. Um, you know, the, the reason they lost is because your ace, the guy that helped you get there could not throw the ball over the plate and get the final out. And that's ultimately why a little bit of luck, a little bit of uh, a little bit of wild control. But ultimately, Dane, we had a whole lot of what makes baseball so great, why these wild card games are so hard to handicap. It all came to fruition right there in that eighth inning last night. That's why it's so difficult. Oh, yeah. Uh, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates. Make it rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. I mean, Joe, how many narratives that we talked about all season long were in play 
last night, right? First of all, the idea of the Nationals being addition by subtraction, leaving Bryce Harper at home, right? Why did they think they could do that? Because they liked that kid Juan Soto they had coming up. And boy, is he announcing himself as a 20-year-old. I'll put him up right with Ronald Acuna, Joe. We talk about young superstars in the National League. Also, I think it's so fitting, Joe, the idea that... You know, whatever it was, like 10 years ago, Scott Boris decided to hold Steven Stroudsburg and his arm back in the wild card and in the playoffs because they didn't know if they wanted to, like, risk it. And they bring in Steven Stroudsburg last night out of the bullpen for three great innings, holding it down, giving the Washington Nationals offense a chance to come back and score runs like you say, right? Mm. We talk about bullpens all year. You are correct. Josh Hader is probably a guy that I'm comfortable going with in any situation except to like you know a um a social justice rally but that's a different topic for a different day and then he gives it up right he gives it up and then we also talk about defense and you're right you don't want to blame the kid in right field but the winning run joe technically was unearned because Mm. of that error that should be a base hit that knocks in two not three right so absolutely it was exciting i hope you shopped around and got the first five at uh four and a half not at four you know i hope you listened to us that it was going to be all via the home run because that's Mm. what happened except for the three runs on the last on the last uh part and you're right joe this idea of the wild card it's delivered Mm. every single time with these games i'm reminded of like the cubs game last year i'm reminded of Mm. the pittsburgh pirates and the atmosphere there when they finally get to play and we also said you know it kept meaningful baseball in the last weeks of september we thought at the trade deadline it's obviously a good idea obviously eyes on the set and boy did it deliver today and there's no reason to think that oakland and tampa can't do the same thing tonight joe Mm. No, it's uh, teams are a lot closer. Teams are a lot, uh, you know, when everything is on the line, it's amazing the energy and the effort that you will get. And for eight innings, I, Craig Council and company could not have played yeah. it any better, <laughs> any better. In fact, they even got four innings out of Woodruff, who was phenomenal he really was. Uh, starting that game for them. And then the the parade of pitchers started to come in there, keeping Washington off balance the entire damn game. Right. And then you get to the point because the whole point was just keep it close and give Hater an opportunity to come in and close the door. And that's exactly what they did. They could not have done it any better. Washington had four base runners total heading into that eighth inning. One was a home run, two were singles, and one was an error. And that was it. That was their four runners all game until the eighth inning with the guy on the mound that nobody hits. Uh, Yeah, somehow or another put four base runners on in that inning alone. And two outs. You hit a guy who I know a lot of people are going to point to that, and and I get it. You can't possibly hit a guy if it hits the the bottom of the bat first. I get it. But nobody in their right mind is ever going to call that. That broken bat that just drops. That sawed-off broken bat that drops for a single in no man's uh, land. Zimmerman, a guy that has watched this team fail forever, it seems like, now on the Washington Nationals. And he gets a bloop single out of nowhere. And the only place it could have been a single is exactly where he hit it. So a little bit of bad luck. A little bit of your closer not delivering. Game seven of the Yankees against the Diamondbacks. 
right? Like, era. I'm happy because I got Mariano Rivera on the mound. It's all good. And then, like, little bloops that, hey, just happen to fall. Sometimes it happens. It's baseball, and it's even more magnified because of the situation that we were in last night. If this is game 83 during a regular season, all right, we'll be back tomorrow. There is no tomorrow for the Milwaukee Brewers. There is, however, a Friday for the Washington Nationals taking on the Dodgers, and boy, oh, boy, we got ourselves quite the series we've been looking forward to. Yeah. we got to get past tonight first. We'll talk about the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland A's. We'll do that next Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. It really, really was. And to the early uh, part of the night last night, early morning, uh, it was. I am sure they were partying in the streets of D.C. That crowd was amazing. Uh, not a seat empty. And nobody gave up hope. And, uh, of course, the 20-year-old Juan Soto bails out Max Scherzer and company and, uh, and goes ahead and, and allows the Nationals for the first time to advance here in the playoffs to take on the uh, the Dodgers. But along the way, they've burned two of their starting pitchers. Now, Max Scherzer Strasburg came in, did exactly what they had hoped he would do, which was shut the door for three innings and give the Nationals an opportunity. The game could have got out of hand if he gives up any runs, but he didn't. He came in through three innings, only gave up two hits, struck out four. He did exactly what he needed to do, which was maintain Uh, The score at that point, which was 3-1, because it was quite obvious. And this was the problem, which is why we talked about it yesterday, Dane. There was only a couple of bets I made yesterday. One of them was the first inning run scored. A, because of the price that you quoted me, which was ridiculous. Uh, But B, because all for the final month and a half of the season, every outing of Max Scherzer came out the same way, where... You would bet the under first five because you'd expect him to come out and be this dominant force and teams would light him up in the first inning or two. And then as he got to the fifth and sixth inning, you couldn't hit him. So he's he's been going on this stretch. And it's important to remember this, guys, moving forward during this Dodger series. And if they go beyond that. Yeah, like there's it's almost to the point where he psychs himself out so much in the early stages he makes a couple of mistakes, and he made two mistakes in the first and second inning yesterday that dudes parked the ball into the uh, bleacher seats there for home runs, and that's exactly what he did again last night where he just looked, I get you're a high-energy dude, you know what I mean? There's He's a very, he's not Greg Maddox from the standpoint of it's very calm, cool, collect, like he's a lunatic, and I think sometimes he gets himself so worked up that maybe his control isn't the best. He was 
He walked a guy in the first inning. He was throwing a lot of pitches. And then he just grooved one, you know, to Grandal, who just who parked it. I mean, tattooed it. And he did the same thing with Thames in the second inning. And then he calms down. And it's amazing. Like it, but that's been the MO for him for the last month and a half in the major league baseball. Guys are getting burned backing him in under, you know, first five totals or, you know, Scherzer laying a half a run because it's the national. Yeah, no, like the early innings are where the runs come from Scherzer. And then usually by the fifth or sixth inning, you know, guys haven't reached base. And uh, voila, same situation yesterday with him. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because we talked yesterday, Joe, like you played that quote from him yesterday yeah. right about how you got to settle down and all that stuff and then we were like nah he ain't worrying about all that you know but it is interesting maybe I, I think part of it also is this idea of you know he is coming back from injury right so he's got to get stretched out a little bit maybe we know he can't go maybe he he's trying a little bit harder to come out of the gate i'm not a doctor i'm not a psychologist i don't know but you are right he has been well, hit, up hit because 99 I've on the gun so it wasn't like right. it wasn't like he's having a problem he just right maybe it's a maybe it's a Maybe it's a location thing, you know, that he's got to get in the groove there. But you know what's interesting, Joe? You mentioned that they're kind of burned. I don't know. Listen, game one is uh, Thursday. Game two is Friday. Game three would be Sunday, right? And if you pitch normally in rotations on a Tuesday, your next day up would be Sunday. So both of these guys would definitely be ready by Sunday. We're talking about two games with the Dodgers. They're going to run out Corbin for Mm -hmm. one, you know, and then what? Uh, Who's their fourth? Is it Sanchez? That they can run out. That's it. Absolutely. And then, yep. and then they go right back into whatever they want for game three. Um, and there may even be, I mean, Strasburg only pitched three innings. Maybe they could even bump him up, you know? It would be like his throw day. So I don't think they're in that bad of shape. And they obviously had to unload the big guns to, you know, even get here. But, I mean, I guess the thing is, you're right. Joe, but like, I'm going to still trust him next time he's out there. Next time it says Scherzer's the scheduled starter, I'm still looking for the under. I just am. Like, at some point, he's got to get right back into form early on, right? No. Then that's the problem, especially in a postseason. Listen, in four starts in the month of October with the Nationals as a pitcher, he's allowed 13 runs, 11 earned, and 24 in the third innings. Nothing Scherzer has ever done in October screams that he is the same pitcher that he is in June. In June, July, he's fantastic. In October, He's exactly what you got last night, putting his team in a hole early on because he, thr- he he loses. He just over himself and gives up unnecessary balls over the middle of the plate. You know, it's not like he's losing velocity. Guy's throwing 99, but in this day and age, 99 over the plate? Yeah, good luck with that, man. It's the one pitch yeah. these guys can hit, uh, and they yeah. can hit it very far. And uh, there's something about October – he went into that game last night losing six straight postseason games. Six. And uh, that's David Price territory there, guys. And, by the way, he didn't get the win, but at least he didn't lose it. So he kind of broke that streak. But, you know, and what do you do now? You've got to go with Corbin and Sanchez. And you really, you got to hope Corbin comes out and wins that game because it's a best of five, guys. You lose the first two. I don't care who you throw in the third game. You're not beating the Dodgers going down 2-0. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, I mean, you did pay Corbin a lot of money, uh, you know, for a playoff start. Well, (laughs) it's going to happen to be game one of the NLDS. You know what I mean? And, And when you talk about Scherzer... Yes, but remember, at the same time, Kershaw had this same narrative for a long time 
until he didn't. You know, in the NFL, Peyton Manning had this narrative for a long time until he didn't. So at some point, I do think the greats find a way to break through, but it has been consistent. Would you ever, because of, like you say, maybe he's over-psyched up, and this may sound crazy with a guy like Scherzer, Joe, would you ever use an opener and have him come in in the second inning? So he's not like sick, psyching himself up in the bullpen when they're announcing lineups and all that stuff, right? Like there's an opener and then now you come in when the flow of the game's going already. He would never allow it. And I know, but I'm just saying, if you got to do something to try to break free of whatever you think is a trend that sticks, you got to try something. Managers move the batting order and the lineup all the time. Maybe you try something if you think that that's what's going on inside Scherzer's head. Well, listen, this is a guy that went out there this year with a broken nose, black eye, goes out there and throws flat-out cheese. But he is not the same pitcher in October. He is in June. So, and something goes, and I think the added pressure of knowing, and don't think for one minute Scherzer didn't hit that mound knowing, I haven't won a game in October. I'm 0-6 now, going on six straight losses. Like, he knows that in the back of his head. And that just adds to an already... Dude, right. emotional guy and who you just, you know. Mental training skills of the opener. Yeah, he's he's got it. He's his own worst enemy as far. It's not. Dude, he throws 99 well, and he throws a ridiculous a slider right. at 80 miles an hour. You're throwing it over the plate in the early innings. That's the problem. Right. And that's, and that's the issue with him. Maybe, like, listen, if there's an opener, he can't get the win or the loss anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then maybe, like, I know it's not his stuff. Okay, I agree. If it's in the mind, right, and he's working himself up and all this stuff like you claim, and despite the fact that his name is Max Scherzer, if you're saying that, oh, he's a different guy in October, then maybe the manager has to have some kind of mental training wheels for him in October. I know it sounds crazy, but listen, this is a win or go home kind of thing. If you are the Nationals, you cannot risk him coming out in whatever it is, game three against L.A. in this way. I don't so even maybe game three. If this I'm down two nothing, if, if I'm game three and I'm down two oh, Strasburg's my pitcher. I'm not going Scherzer. It's not even up for debate. I am not going Max Scherzer down two oh. I'm going Strasburg because Strasburg is the guy that gives me the best chance to win. I know it's crazy, but that's perception versus reality, guys. The reality is Scherzer is not a great postseason pitcher. Has not been. And if you're down two oh. Give me Strasburg, who's been more, first of all, hasn't been on IR all year, uh, is healthy, and he's the guy that's going to give you the best chance to win. I hate to say it, but Strasburg's the guy. He's the guy. Whatever you need it, and he can. He's the guy. He's the guy I'd be willing to die with, not Scherzer, unfortunately. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Wild card 
tonight. Uh, Oakland A's hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Moneyball Showdown 2019. We've got two of the uh, of the teams that have spent the least in payroll in Major League Baseball. Voila! Both with similar records, 96, 97 wins. Uh, both built the same way with the same type of players getting ready to do battle while teams yeah. like the Red Sox are trying to figure out if they want to give $300 million to Mookie Betts. Uh, we have teams with a, you know, less than $150 million payroll altogether. Uh, yeah, they are, uh, they're playing in postseason baseball and tonight, uh, is going to be a lot of fun. Charlie Morton, uh, will be on the mound for the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, going up against Sean Manea, who has been in his last uh, five starts there. He has been hurt, but he has come back, and they've kind of worked him to this point. Uh, the kid's been phenomenal. I mean, there's no way around it. He has been really, really good. But Charlie Morton is one of the most underrated pitchers in the game, guys. And, oh, yeah, he's been here before with this team called the, um, oh, yeah, the Houston Astros, where he was kind of the unsung hero there. And he kind of comes here, and while we were talking about Glass now and Blake Snell and the bullpens and everything else, you know, he quietly goes out there and has been just a rock for them all year. Now, caught up to him a little bit. He's 35 years old. He's not a spring chicken either, by the way. Uh, but he's kind of the second half. It slowed down. It wasn't anywhere near as good as the first half was. But ultimately, if I'm the Tampa Bay Rays in a winner-take-all game, He's the guy like he's the guy I want on the mound going in this situation up against the team by guys. They have been in so many different metrics this year, certainly from a betting standpoint. There was nobody more profitable all year against a left handed starting pitcher than the A's. They made people so much money this year in the first five innings. They dominate. They're, it's a heavy right handed lineup that just smashes the ball. They're great at home. They were great against the number all year. This is a team that can score a lot of runs. Now, Tampa, on the other hand, Tampa it usually takes them a little while to get. Uh, they haven't been exactly the best first five bet throughout the year. In fact, uh, their run average in the first five innings is, is abysmal. It's barely two runs. While you've got a Oakland A's team who comes out and they can put a five spot up on you in the first two innings like nothing. They did it all year long. So this is going to be, this is a tale of two halves to me with this game here tonight. A team like the A's, where if I'm Charlie Morton in Tampa, I have to weather their storm because I know they're coming out swinging. They've done that all year long. And Tampa has always been a team where keep it close by the fifth or sixth. Their bullpens come in and just shut people down. And it gives them the opportunity to score some runs later on. But yeah, you got to survive the first half, the first five innings. If you are Charlie Morton, because I'm telling you, man, the A's are going to come out here this year. They have been phenomenal at home in the first five, while the Rays take some uh, it takes them at least to the fifth inning before they get the bats rolling. So to me, this is a big matchup in the first five and the number for the Oakland A's first five. It's actually halfway decent might be worth taking a look at. Because that's how they score their runs. Yeah, so I'm staring right now. A's first five at minus 140. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I am seeing the total for the first five at four. And some yep. places I'm seeing it at three and a half, to be honest. But listen, I think you're right. Listen, Manaya and Morton, I think, are the right guys. I think they will pitch well. But, you know, at the same time, yes, Oakland can go off early on with some power. Um, I think this is what we talk about, though, Joe. The home runs of the regular season don't necessarily show up as sphincters mm. get tight in October. Okay, so I am leaning in the same way as last night. I am leaning under early on. You even say one team, you know, Tampa, it takes them a while to get going, and that's good because Manaya, you know, it has only had, what, four or five starts this year because they're working mm. him back. I see this as a low-scoring game. I see this as nip and tuck. I see this as a battle of bullpens, and someone's going to hit a big, similar to last night, someone's going to make a big play. Someone's going to hit a big home run. But this matchup of Manaya versus Morton, uh, these guys are unsung heroes and names that the casual fan may not know, but these guys are stud pitchers. So I expect a, uh, a tight game. It's interesting, too, Dan, because the, the markets here, you know, it was very clear from from the get-go when the when the lines opened, it was very clear who the public loved in last night's game and who the Sharps loved. There was a clear distinction between them, and we saw that vary back and forth. The, the pros loved the under last night, which is why the amount of bets continuing to come in were going over 7.5, but the line never moved, and that's because the pros were right from the money. beginning. They moved that line from 8 to 7.5, and, and it never moved despite everyone going, Ah, oh, this could be a slug fast. This is going to come. Okay. Uh, the public loved the over. The pros loved the under. The public also loved Scherzer and the Nationals. And that's why, I mean, obviously the way that game played out, right? Those two teams were a hell of a lot closer than a minus 165 and plus 165 underdog showed from the market perspective. But a lot of that was public love driving the, uh, driving the price up for the Washington Nationals and the uh, the perception of Max Scherzer and what the Nationals could be at home versus, you know, the scrappy, let's go to the bullpen uh, Milwaukee Brewers. But ultimately, again, coin flip, I think you've got it's priced better here. I think this is priced probably what last night should have been priced because of the fact that right. this is a coin flip. I mean, this is truly a coin flip. But look at the pricing. It's not moving. I, it's 50-50 across the board on both sides. So I can't even look at this and be like the public loves the A's or public like it's right. it's split across the board. There's no real big movement one way or the other. But I, I think that's correct because these two teams are as about as close as they come. Yeah, I mean, you know, on Twitter or whatever, you see that gif of like the Spider-Man character looking at each other. Yeah. Staring at each other and pointing like in the mirror. That's what these teams are, really. And yes. you've mentioned it even at the top. Like, they're constituted the same way. These are yep. the two teams that go to the opener the most. These are moneyball teams. These are teams that do the shift the most, right? These are teams that are looking for, you know, bang for their buck in terms of, like, uh, on-base percentage. You know, this is the way these teams are constructed, a lot of it because of financial reasons. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? These are teams like with Joe Madden was in Tampa and Billy Bean was in Oakland, like trying to figure
figure out inefficiencies to get better. These teams are built the same way, and it's really interesting. They are looking at each other in the mirror. Even Manaya and Morton are the similar kinds of guys, you know. So absolutely, I think it's right. You know, so again, to the sports investor, if you believe that way, what you should do is take whatever number has a plus sign next to it, mm -hmm. right? Right. Because I can I tell mean, you that's this, that's the way too. I would go. Or look yeah. at the total. Or look yeah. at the total, right? Because the sides are going to be, we believe this is a coin flip, right? So give yes. me give me the plus side. Give me Tampa plus 125 right now. You know, give me the plus, give me the run line. But I think you're right, Joe. The total might be a place to go because the public loves the overs and the offense and all that stuff. Right yep. now, I'm staring at seven and a half. You think it'll ever go up to eight? I not as long as the uh, not as long as the bigger money is coming Sharks in on the still, right? on the under, and I don't know how much public action is going to come in over the next ten hours or so. That that might right. you know it it would have to be a significant portion of tickets coming in for them to be able to consider it because they don't want the yeah. liability of the big betters on the because they know what's going to happen already. It opened at eight, they moved it to seven and a half. If they move and it to back, be quite to honest, eight, the juice is on the lower side. The juice yeah, is on so, the under. So right there, yeah. If they move it to eight, guess what's going to happen? They're going to get crushed yeah, yeah, yeah. by the big betters are going to come in. I get a notification on my phone or something <laughs> like that. I need, that's what I need, Joe. We yeah. should make that. We should yeah. make an app, Joe, that just tracks line movements everywhere and like notifies you anytime there's a movement so you could run and get it real quick before the sharps pound it back. I'm sure I I'm not the first to think of this. But no, we, no, we there are to, a few to, that provide that. There are a few provide yeah, that, sure. and I'm fairly certain SportsGrid.com has that ability. If I'm not mistaken, if we go to SportsGrid.com, I am fairly certain that there is a uh, there's an option somewhere on there. Double check because right. our friends at Sports Radar have that ability. To right. be able to notify you. So, yeah, that would. I just need to push notification to me. Exactly. Instead of me having to go and check, I need someone to tell me that there's been a line movement so I can pound it right away. Even one better. Set it up where it automatically plays it the minute that that line hits. So you don't even yeah. have to worry right. about it. If you know what it I mean? Drops, right, right, right. You right. Can, it's like, <laughs> Joe, this is sports investing. Just yes. like an investment, I could go. Uh, I talk to Chuck, okay? I use Charles Schwab. And I could yeah. set in a thing right now that is, if this ever drops below this price, sell, like sell the stock, right? Just sell it. I could say, right, if the line ever gets to, like if I'm a Miami Dolphin fan, right? <laughs> and I say if the line, if the spread ever drops below 14, or Play above it. 14 instead, above 14, bet it. If I yep. get the hook, bet it. Yeah, that's what it is. Just set the conditional, and then it triggers it. Like, I get – and in this world, why not, right? When yep. DVR is telling me what shows I probably like, when, you know, Kayak, I could set a deal when the price alert drops for a flight or for tickets. Let me do the same thing for a bet. Absolutely, Joe. Yep, and and this is, again, just another – it, it's another reason why when we hammer home the fact that, listen, we do we care that it's the Oakland A's and the Tampa Bay Rays? Absolutely not. It could be it could be team A, team B, black. It don't make a damn bit of difference. The only thing that matters to us is getting the right number, which is also the reason why you got to have options to be able to get that right number. That's the whole point. It's a market. Yeah. You got to have options to go get that number, whether it be Charles Schwab, whether it be MetLife, yeah. whoever it is. 
Go get the best number, guys. You're betting numbers, especially in October in baseball. Try to figure out what the best number is going to be, though. We'll do that coming up. Let's make... Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. All right, so currently here we have uh, we have it priced here, Dane. Tonight's wild card situation: A's versus Tampa Bay. It is uh, it is priced right about, and I think this is spot on. I think this is exactly where it should be. There has been a little money back and forth. The A's opened up. As, as a home favorite, minus 140. It's it's down to a minus 130, 125, somewhere in there. You did have the Rays open up at uh, somewhere around plus 130. That's come down a little bit. So a little money, both directions there, ba- exchanging back and forth. Uh, but again, this is a lot closer where, is there some value on the Rays? Yes. Is it as much value on the Rays as it was on the Brewers at plus 160 last night? No. Um, it's priced to the point where, listen, it, it, this isn't about value. This is about who's going to win this damn game. In your mind, who's going to win this game? Because they're both priced right at that, in that sweet spot where if you think Tampa Bay is going to win, absolutely take the plus money and go, you know? And But if you think Oakland is going to win this game, you're not going to have to, you know, mortgage your second house and lay minus 170 or minus 180 in order to back them because you're not that convinced they're going to win. Right. So it, at least this game tonight gives you guys the opportunity where you, you can, you'll be a little uncomfortable if you're laying it, but you won't be so uncomfortable where you're like, Oh man, I'm just, I'm going to be sweating. No, if you think the A's are going to win at this price, Dane at minus minus one twenty five, absolutely. Go ahead. Jump all over the A's. Both of these teams are priced affordable, and exactly where they should be because this truly is a coin flip game. So don't be, you know, don't think you got to bet Tampa because, oh, they got a plus sign. Not that's right, nice. Right, right. It'll give you a little extra value. But if you think Oakland's going to win this game, don't be scared to lay a minus 125 to back them, guys. It's definitely worth it at this price. Yeah, that doesn't scare you. I will say this, Joe. Um, you were saying there was some movement, but at FanDuel, it is still right now. Oakland minus 140, Tampa plus Ooh. 125. Okay. okay. So, well, like you said, there's some fluctuation, but also if you like West Oakland, Coast get bias. it at the minus 130 that you're seeing, not at the yeah. minus 140 that I'm seeing, and the yep. same with Tampa. Um, what I will also say, you know, you but talk about regional, Oakland. guys. Keep that in mind. Regionalism in sports books is what's this happening is at right now. on the East yes. Coast. In yes. Vegas, it may look a little bit different with more That's home correct. backing of yays. Over yep. there driving across the desert, let's say, right? Yep. Um, so true. For me, with them as that Spider-Man gif staring at each other, pointing at each other, one of the things that I'm leaning to – because remember, Joe, we said it here all the time. I can make stats tell whatever story we want, right, mm-hmm. for confirmation bias. So I'm going to try to pick out the one stat that I do believe in most here for my angle, and it's honestly – it's Oakland's at home. 
Uh, that's what I think it is for me, at least, which is outside of Houston, the Yanks and the Dodgers, the three big boys, nobody had more wins on their home field this year than the Oakland A's going 52 yep. and 29. All right. And I saw that crowd last night in Washington, even when they didn't have too much to cheer for. I think they were in it. They were live. I expect the same thing from the Oakland A's fans tonight. I will lean Oakland, even though I don't feel strongly about it, but because of the home crowd crowd and because I trust some of those guys coming out the pen a little bit more um, than the Tampa side but you're right this is a legitimate coin flip so I'm intrigued by the total as well I am um, yeah I do like uh, for your uh, for those that are looking at the totals the total in this game at seven and a half I don't think it'll ever it's never going to hit seven so it's probably going to go off just like last night's did at seven and a half and the interesting part about these two teams as compared to last night is one of those teams had a great bullpen. The other team has great starters, uh, which is what we saw. Both and the of great these bullpen teams, wound up blowing it. Yes, exactly. And both of these teams tonight, guys, the A's bullpen is seventh in Major League Baseball in ERA. They're fifth in opponent batting average and fourth in OPS. As far as the Tampa Bay Rays goes, yeah, they're top three in all three of those categories. So you are going to see guys where the starters, Charlie Morton, and it's nice, but Kevin Cash and Bob Melvin, they will they will hook these guys and bring in bullpens that have done nothing but shut teams down all year long. So it's very hard to look at this seven and a half and and go, oh, I expect a lot of run. The arms that they can pull out of these bullpens, Dane, is ridiculous. Yeah. And it can be from the second inning on. It doesn't really make a damn bit of difference. What two teams have been better on the whole uh, bullpen starts than the yeah. A's and Tampa Bay over the list? And their bullpens are built just for this kind of thing. Like, you're going to throw out two guys you think can handle it starting, but they're not going to be afraid to, not like last night where with Scherzer, you you were keeping your finger, oh, please, just at least make it to the fifth inning, you know, the fifth or sixth inning. These guys don't have to do that. And the guys they bring in are just as dominant as the guys they'd be replacing. Yeah, they're built that way, Joe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's the point, right? Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of this, even, and I've said this, people don't sometimes understand this point. So part of the reason these teams have the opener in the first place is because of financial reasons. Oakland yeah. and Tampa Bay. It makes no sense for one of these teams to go out on the market and spend for a Dallas Keuchel to, or a guy to be their like fourth starting pitcher when they want to bring up kids on the cheap and they realize that they can spend on these bullpen arms. This was the model that the Kansas City Royals started a few years ago, and they realized it would be cheaper instead of trying to have a five-year contract to get a free agent mid-level starter and innings eater to do it this way. And so they are both built that way. So they both have plenty of arms to come on in. Joe, this may look more like the all-star game, okay, yes. where everyone's getting one or two innings or four batters, okay? I would and, – and to try to keep these guys off balance, no hitter in these lineups are going to see the same pitcher for multiple at-bats, okay, except for the very beginning. 
So I, I agree yeah. with you. This is the way these teams are built. They will be comfortable with a quick hook. They will be comfortable over managing, double switching, shifting, bunting, all that stuff. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. Um, you know, managers have a lot to do with this game more than others. When it's like, oh, just run yeah. them out and wait for the three-run home run. This is going to be baseball. That's more like National League baseball or old-time baseball. There's gonna be a lot of managing going on tonight. There were also these two teams. We've talked about run differential, and we told you last night that uh, the uh, the Nationals were boat racing people in the second half. They, they finished the season around plus 145 as far as run differential goes, while the Milwaukee Brewers, yeah, they got blown out a lot. So their run differential was in the single digits. These two teams tonight, the A's plus 165, the Rays plus 113. That's the fifth and sixth highest run differential margins in Major League Baseball. So these two teams, you, you, you think of the athletics as a big power hitting, big bats thing, but you know what? They held their own Tampa Bay all year long too, man. They can score runs in bunches. They don't have any of the, uh, you know, they don't have Chris Davis. They don't have chat. You right. know, they don't have these guys that you would think of these big power hitters, but you know what they do have? They got a bunch of great role players, a bunch of guys that understand exactly how to put the ball in play. They play great small ball. Yeah, these two teams, while the under is pro is the right play, these two teams have been known to be able to put up some runs too this year. Yes, but the way in which they do it is different. You yeah, know what I'm saying, totally Joe? Totally different. And yes. I think that that, when you combine the idea that this is October, not June, right, mm -hmm. and everything gets a little tighter, is going to be interesting. These teams may only be playing for one run in the inning. You know right. what I mean? Yep. As opposed to sitting back and hoping for the three-run jack. All right? Yep. And I think that is kind of the difference. And to me, that speaks to, you know, that speaks to a 3-2 kind of game. Yep. That in the seventh inning, if a leadoff hunter gets on base, you know what I mean? They're not going to be just swinging away. They're going to nope. be trying to move them on over, hit to the right side, do stuff yep. like that to manufacture a run in what should be a nip and tuck close playoff kind of game. And uh, I'm interested to see how it plays out. It's interesting too, Dan. You mentioned the A's, an impressive guys, what, 52 and 29 at home, but equally impressive. The Rays on the road, guys, were 48 and 33 this year. They actually had a better road record then they did home record in the trop. So the Rays aren't going to be intimidated. The series was the Rays, I believe, won the series 4-3 this year. But okay. they were also outscored by a couple of runs. I think 30 to 28, somewhere in that ballpark there. Um, but I, you could not to me, you know, every time you look and go, well, the A's have an advantage here. Then you look at you're like, well, well, they're not that far behind. I mean, there's no real outside of maybe power numbers. These two teams are going to be as close as yeah. uh, as you can get. And I do think then the question becomes, all right, who's going to be a better matchup for the Houston Astro? Uh, a Houston Astros team, guys, who some dude, not some dude, a guy that has been known to do this, uh, went ahead and placed at plus 220 a $3.5 million ticket in Biloxi yesterday at a sports book. Yep, yep. Three and a half million dollars straight to return an eleven million two hundred thousand dollar return at plus two twenty for the Houston Astros to go ahead and win the World Series. Now, 
you got to say, what is this guy? Nuts? Well, no, this is the guy. He's a and I can't believe there's this much money in the furniture business, Dane. I don't know what the hell we're doing. Um, This dude owns a he's called Mattress Mac. And uh, he went ahead. He placed that three and a half million dollar bet on the Astros to win the World Series. He did it at the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook at the Scarlet Pearl Casino in Biloxi. And uh, (laughs) yeah. Now, he is going to, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is all part of a bigger promotion where he is saying that if they win it all, that being the Houston Astros, Dane, if they win it all, all right, he is going to go ahead and refund purchases of 3000 or more from his stores. He will go ahead. If you bought furniture for $3,000 or more from his store over the last year, you get it back. And he's getting $11 Yeah, so what he is doing um, is he's ultimately hedging his bet right here. You know, he's got a little insurance, but he is saying, well, you know, I'm covered if it goes down that road. Now, what we're not hurting. If he doesn't win, is he jacking the prices up? Exactly. Well, and what is the other side? So if they don't, what are you you hedging yourself if they don't win? Yeah, because (laughs) this is great. If they win, you're covered. But what right. happens if they don't? If not, does we that haven't same heard thousand dollar couch become five thousand dollars. Right, <laughs> dude. Like you have to. Do I gotta go pay back double? and pay him interest on my exactly. on my exactly. Uh, yes, on my exactly. Yes, yeah. That's so that would be yeah. That would to me is very interesting because now he did also buy insurance to cover it. You know, it's uh, promotional insurance, which couldn't be cheap, but. Yes, the Astros are the favorite, but what – now, he did say, I've got a lot of other bets out in the market. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. Okay, but what – so what is the hedge bet if they don't win? If they don't advance to the World Series, what is your what is your hedge bet then, dude? Because then you're going to be at, what, $3.5 million? And What do I think is? Yeah, what do you think he hedges that with? Because he's got to hedge it with something, right? Otherwise, it's he's $3.5 million in the hole for placing this bet, and that's what it would be. If I'm him, right, and it's yeah, it's Houston plus 220 that he bet. Right. If I'm him, Do you go I, also, I also put money on the Yanks. If he did $3.5 million on okay. Houston, I, and this is funny to say, right, what I'm also doing, I'm also putting $2 million on the Yankees. At plus, well, because at one, at four, exactly. So exactly correct. You're you're absolutely correct. Because either way, he's got to figure the Yankees. At least I would. The Yankees or Astros are the ones representing the American League. I still so have the either liability. way, you're covered. Now my outlay is six million dollars. Exactly. Yeah. More on this pretend money. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. You got to give this guy credit, though. Good old uh, Mattress Mac for promotion is is ridiculous because he's been offering to refund mattress-related purchases of 3000 or more if the Astros win the World Series. He's been doing it the entire season. 
So anybody that came in during the baseball season that bought a mattress from him, he's basically saying if the Astros win it, you get your money back. I'll refund you back. They knew that going in? Customers knew going in? in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was the promote all baseball season long. He is just now, he's been shopping it around trying to figure out who would take because it's not the Super Bowl. Like it's the World Series, you very rarely get million dollar bets on a on a especially this early you don't even know who's going to be in it much less uh it's like he's placing it now which is almost unheard of uh so he is anticipating dan it's a 15 if they win his exposure is around 15 million 15 to 18 million is what they're anticipating in refunds so he's covered that's why he's making the bets but there's got to be a bet backing it up if the astros get bounced against, let's say, the Yankees, what the hell is he doing? Is he out $3.5 million without blinking and all? Like, would you do that? I would not do that, but I also don't own a, a furniture conglomerate, so I don't know, <laughs> right? I mean... How much money's in mattresses? <laughs> I, I, look, I find change in my mattress all the time, Joe. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe he's just digging out a lot of change, putting it together, keeping his pennies. I don't know, Joe. But Damn. to your point, it's got to be... Here's the other thing I thought of, Joe. All right. There is also bets right now where you could just bet NL versus AL for the okay. World Series, right? Okay. And to be quite honest, the AL is the favorite in some of those bets. I'm seeing right now just AL versus NL, who will win the World Series. And the NL is like plus – is plus. I looked at it before. I think it's like plus 125, okay? Really? Because the book has the Astros and the Yankees as two of the three mm. big chances, right? At it. Interesting. So, Maybe that's another way you do it. If you really believe the Astros, right? Maybe you do this. I don't know. And I'm starting to think a little bit too much, right? But maybe you do the Astros as your big bet. And then as two smaller bets, maybe say, you know, 50% of that bet, you bet Yankees to win the AL pennant and okay. you bet NL to win the World Series. Series. Yep. That's a great idea, too. Because that'll that put it at. Yeah. That's. uh. I gotta look at that bet actually. Now that you just brought that up, now we. <laughs> it is <laughs> you know, NL for NL, and NL is plus number.